Mr. King, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, Eddie. Okay, well, okay. Um, thanks so much for uh, participating in today's podcast. My pleasure. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, hi there, listeners, and welcome to the Creative Copywriting Content Solutions Copywriting and Small Business Success Podcast. Um, I'm Jaffa Man Eddie, the Commander-in-Chief of Creative Copywriting Content Solution. And today's podcast, we're speaking with the legendary small business money man, Kerry King of Global Business Mentoring. Um, In this podcast, we're going to be sharing, or hopefully he's going to be sharing his expertise with us about eliminating some of the cash flow nightmares most of us with a small business have faced at one time or another and uh, give us some strategies on how to overcome them. Now, Kerry and I met over a decade ago. Uh, And in that time, we've done business together. I've also had the privilege of doing his um, global business mentoring program, uh, which was uh, fantastic, exciting, challenging. Um, But above all that, um, it's helped me go from freelance copywriting business to owning, um, you know, one of Australia's most profitable and recognisable copywriting content writing services. So I can't thank you enough for everything you've done for me over that decade, my friend. And uh, it's great to have you on board. Oh, my pleasure. And it was uh, yeah, real fun working with you, Eddie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> well, I think that's a big part. Business has to be fun, doesn't it? Uh, well, yeah, if it's not fun when you go to work, it's a hell of a long day. It can be. All right, so let's get into it, mate. So first of all, can you tell us a bit about yourself and Global Business Mentoring? Um, yeah, I got into business advisory work back in 1995. And uh, I established Global Business because I was in um, a sole trade of uh, accounting. And then I went into partnership and I looked after the business advisory work with my partners and they looked after the tax work. And uh, that's how um, the practice worked. And in um, 19, uh, a little bit later than that, in 2008, I established Global Business Mentoring and created a mentoring program to work with small business owners in a structured way, using a sequence of folders which uh, address individual parts of the business to uh, educate them uh, in the ways that successful businesses work and uh, to help them implement those types of things in their business. And uh, of course, you went through that. Yes, I did, my friend. Now, okay, so let's get into it. Um, Based on your experience, what are some of the broader cash flow, I'm going to call them nightmares to, you know, because it's Halloween month, that keep small business business owners up at night, mate? Um, Yeah, I guess they're nightmares because we don't do the things or all of the things that we need to do in order to uh, have consistent and positive cash flow in the business. And um, um, in keeping with your requirements to uh, talk in broad terms, um, uh, in the mentoring program under managing your business, cash flow is one of those subjects, but there are seven individual um, processes that you can undertake to improve cash flow, and we're going to just deal with a couple. The first okay. is almost the most obvious, I think, and that is uh, receivables, which is uh, the amounts your customers owe you when you provide credit terms. And um, these, um, we just rely on our customer to pay their bills on time, but they don't always do that. No, they don't do that. No, no. But some businesses, of course, uh, get it right and uh, 
uh, get the cash flow up front or at least um, have an authority to charge a credit or a debit card you know for the services or products provided and um, and that's the perfect way to do it but we can't always do it that way because businesses um, uh, typically run on credit both uh, for the customers and uh, from the suppliers okay so, yeah we deal with receivables um, uh, one should always uh, try and establish what's the benchmark for your industry in one industry, um, the average uh, time it takes for a customer to pay you uh, when they're given credits could be 30 days, could be 40, uh, it could be 50 or even 60, particularly in the building industry, places like that. So you should find out what it is for your industry and measure your business against that to see whether or not you are better than the benchmark. And the tax office even provides that type of information. So um, find out where you are and then you'll know whether or not um, you've got a chance of improving it. Uh, or um, whether or not there's work to be done. Okay, because I mean, 30 days, that seems, or 60 or 90 days. I know uh, we have clients with trade services and, you know, their receivables are like 90 days. And that's a long time to wait to be paid. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, my rule of thumb is if you're not paid in 30 days, you have to begin to recognise that the bills that are going towards 60 days um, you're going to have to say to yourself, look, 25% of those people are quite likely not to pay at all. And if those 60 days become 90 days, then uh, half of those people uh, still. So um, you've got to make sure that people pay because sometimes uh, it's not a, um, uh, a fact that they uh, don't have money. Sometimes they're willing but unable to pay. And yep. on other occasions, um, they're uh, unwilling but able to pay. And that, um, that depends on a few things. And we'll talk about a couple of those. So okay. you need to be aware of the position of your debtor's ledger and whether or not it's being properly managed. And that there is somebody in your business who is designated the responsibility to follow up when invoices are due and simply inquire from the customer, are they happy um, with the bill? Did the, are the prices right? Are the quantities right? And if they have a, a small difficulty with cash flow, uh, how you can assist them and encourage them to pay at least part of the account and uh, reduce your exposure. But somebody has to be in the business doing that. It's not one of those ad hoc things when we have to get money in for the wages on Friday. Uh, this is something you have to do every week and not just when money runs out. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, it, it's part of your business's systems or processes, agreed? Uh, yeah, indeed. So, you know, you've really got to develop a debtor management system in your business and it should be documented and uh, you need to train staff in that. And then when staff change, you've got something to teach them from because you have a documented procedure for collection of overdue accounts. Okay. So, I mean, having said that, uh, we've just talked about receivables, collections and following up payment options. I mean, when... When do you start following up people? I mean, based on your experience, I know when I do it, I, I only have seven day accounts and I also offer an incentive for them to pay up front and in full. That's with new clients though. Um, yeah, and some companies do offer discounts if you pay ahead of time, if you have 30 day terms, but if they pay in seven, uh, commonly it's a, a two and a half percent discount. Oh, okay. I don't give discounts. I just give them an added value. So, you know, pay within seven days in full and you receive this as an added value. 
Um, yeah, and I'm not really a discount <laughs> guy. <laughs> well, it really depends on the customers that you're working with. I mean, incentives might work, and yep. if that's the case, then do it. Uh, in other cases, discounts might work, and then again, on other occasions, nothing will work. Well, yeah, yeah, agree. So and it's all a, hey, my yeah. suggestions are simply to review your current procedures. Uh, develop strict procedures for querying all accounts outside the agreed terms. Yep. Um, stick to your terms and enforce them when required. And uh, monitor your receivables systematically, at least weekly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, from a copywriting perspective, I can only speak from my own uh, experience in, in the marketing world, you know, they say content is king, but when it comes to building your business, cash flow is king, correct? Um, yeah, they say profit's an opinion, but cash flow is a fact. Yeah, okay. And yep. So, money in the bank is many an unprofitable business can continue to survive, and we've seen the big internet companies they make losses year after year after year, and they cover those losses with the shareholders' money, but uh, the shareholders are willing to put that money in on the basis that ultimately the investment in the company will come back to them uh, when they take it to market. Okay. So, I mean, okay, so we've talked about receivables, collection, yep. follow-up payments. And does customer billing, that's part of that, agree? Like time yeah, and accuracy of your invoices? Yeah, it is. And so you've got to invoice um, what we call effectively. So, And you're balancing, you know, efficiency with effectiveness. For example, uh, if uh, uh, an invoice to get paid as soon as possible, efficiency may dictate invoicing in bulk at the end of the month, but it may not be effective. So um, the effective way is to invoice as soon as the goods or services have been provided. And, uh, and, and the thing re- recognises the gratitude concept. So in other words, the customer is more <laughs> grateful for the products or services as soon as they're delivered and so if the bill is also delivered at the same time they're more likely to say that was terrific I'm really glad I got that Um, I'm going to pay this bill straight away but if you wait and a few weeks go by and then the bill turns up in the mail it sort of goes on the pile as it were so think about how you're billing are you billing immediately after the products or services have been provided or are you simply waiting till the end of the month and do all the bills at the one time because that's more efficient? Right, I'm with you. Now I, I bill as per project. Yeah, indeed. And that's what um, uh, you should do. You shouldn't wait until, um, you know, somebody's got time to send the bills out. And often it's, a case, often it's a case, you know, it falls into the next accounting period for your customer. Agreed. So, so they think it's next month's bill rather than this month's bill. So... Uh, um, doing that is a, a pretty important job, making sure you get your bills out on time, but also making sure that the quantities uh, are correct Yep. And, uh, and the pricing and the arithmetic even. But with today's accounting software, um, that's pretty well, you know, a, a done deal. Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty effective, um, you know. Um, once again, I can only speak from my own experience. We're using MyOb now, and it's um, it's really good. I mean, I can look up invoices on my phone, owing, and this, that, and the other, and it's, the technology is awesome. Um, yeah, and you should uh, utilise every aspect of that. So a couple of suggestions just to wrap up on the invoicing. Uh, invoice when the tangible value of the product or service is delivered. Yeah. Good concept. And plan jobs with invoicing points in mind. 
based on identifying the gratitude points. So if it's a long-term sort of project, might take two or three months, then you have to say, well, when will I bill out for that? When will I bill out for the next part? And when will I bill out for the final part? So you're doing process billing as opposed to waiting until the job is finished. But you agree those things with your customer before the project starts? Yep. Now, let me ask you this. Um, is invoicing in general, if you know, uh, should I have used the same process for different clients? As you said, different projects take different lengths of time. Yeah? Um, yeah. But the but- basic process or principle should be the same. Would that be correct? Well, um, I'm not quite sure that I've got what you're asking there. Uh, when you say process of principle, uh, short jobs, invoice when they're finished, uh, longer jobs, invoice at agreed points in time. Yeah. Um, because you're carrying costs. That's exactly right. Uh, you're paying the rent, you're paying the wages, you're paying the insurance, all those things are paid for yep. uh, while the work's being done, but you're not getting recompensed for that. Um, and so I agree with the customer at the end, at the beginning of the project, um, and they'll get smaller invoices, and that may be better for them as well. So an invoice for 1,000, 1,000, and 1,000 is much easier for them to handle than one bill of 3,000 at the end of the project. Okay, so a hypothetical for you, mate. Yes. I'm about to start a business. Now, I'm good at what I do but I'm not that savvy on the numbers. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at the Global Business Mentoring um, Program that I did, you know, and it's got, you know, uh, you and I both know that one of my biggest challenges was my lack of financial intelligence, if you like, or poor management of financial activities, yeah? Um, yeah, because uh, you're very good at what you do, but you don't have the training that uh, accountants have, and uh, therefore you should have somebody interpreting the numbers for you because they come out in these pretty horrible looking things called balance sheets and profit and loss statements yeah you know balance sheets like what does that even mean to the normal business owner and your money is tied up in that balance sheet and if you can pull out the right information you can see whether it's getting better or worse without just having to look at the bank account you can find places in your balance sheet where your money is tied up Yep, it can be released uh, with a little bit of management effort and turn it into a big fat bank account number. So you need your account to explain those things for you. And when you get a profit and loss statement, um, we typically have a look at sales at the top. And yep, go straight down to the bottom to see where there's profit. But there's a lot of stuff goes on in between that, that you <laughs> yeah. can work on that will turn low profits into high profits, and with a bit more management beyond that turn profits into cash flow. Okay. So what are some of those tips to turn low profits into higher profits? Uh, Firstly, uh, you have to price your products and services in a way that uh, will yield a profit for you based on um, uh, the cost to deliver the product or service to the customer. Yep. And what your overhead is, the running of the business, the rent, the electricity, the insurance, the wages in the office, things like that. And um, you should plan. And this is where budgeting comes in. Budgeting is a pretty dry old biscuit, really, from a working point of view. It is. Nobody knows why. But once I get clients to start work on budgets and I talk them through 
well, how do I forecast sales? How do I know what sales are going to be in the future? Mm -hmm. Well, you don't, but you can plan to make sales. You've got to have marketing strategies and sales strategies to go with that. So that gets them started. And I said, look, even if it's some guesswork at the beginning, you'll get better at this because then we have to learn about customers. Like sales is just one big fat number on a profit and loss report. But the reality is it comes from something. It comes from the prices you charge. It comes from the customers you deal with, the frequency with which they uh, purchase from you. Yep. Whether or not they in fact buy one thing at a time or you can offer them multiple things uh, for a package deal. So all of a sudden we've broken that sales figure down into three or four elements that we can look at individually for the purposes of forecasting. Okay. Now, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Um, now, I believe in life with a negative attitude towards others, I can never have success. But a lot of the accountants that I come into contact with, it's all about what's happened in the past. You know, when you're looking for an accountant, what are you really looking for? Somebody who looks and helps you plan forward? Um, I think first and foremost, you've got to um, look at the accountant and, and see whether or not they're just a technician in their own business. They may right. be very good at doing it, very good at doing tax returns, understanding tax law. But are they actually, or do they actually see themselves as the owner of a business? And do they have a business mindset when they run their own practice? Yeah. And if they have that, the probability is they're going to be able to pass some of that on to you. Right. And I just found that hard to find um, accountants with that mindset or, um, yeah, yeah, in practice. And it's true. It's unfortunately it's the vicious cycle they're caught up in. And uh, every year tax law changes. We know that because uh, governments like to fiddle with uh, income and revenue for government in all sorts of ways. And your accountant's got to keep up with that. And that's a pretty uh, you know, hard task. But uh, if they are the person who's doing that in their own practice, they're not giving themselves time to be a business owner. They should be delegating as much of that type of work to their staff who are also highly trained and efficient yep um and uh the 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 owner of the practice should be managing the practice as opposed to working in it you know they say working in the business as opposed to working on the business yep yep and i so, hear and so uh your clients people listening to this podcast should also see themselves in the same light are they just a technician in their own business or are they actually managing a business well, that's exactly right. I mean, mindset is everything. Um, and, and it's something that's continuously evolving, or at least I think it does, or it has with me. Um, you know, you've got to see yourself as a business owner, which means you have to behave like a business owner, operate like a business owner, and so forth. Um, and I think a lot of small businesses starting, as you said, they're great technicians, but they have they don't, or they, they lack that experience. And you can only get that experience by jumping in, yeah? So you're gonna make mistakes. Yeah, well, of course. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning anything. Agreed. So uh, mistakes are just a way of saying, oh, we won't do it that way next time. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, um, so but first... obviously you don't want those mistakes to, you know, keep you up at night. You want, you know, you need money in the bank to grow your business, to pay your staff and so forth. Yeah, the analogy is often used between uh, business and health. Um, you know, uh, a bad diet in business is somebody who doesn't uh, keep their eye on um, what's going on. 
and and similarly with a, a diet if you eat all sorts of uh, the wrong foods then of course your health is going to suffer so you know you've got to do the right things in your business to have good business you've got to do right things in your diet to have uh, good health okay now i've got a question from melissa um and she basically says i don't know if you can help me with this but we'll give it a go i want to expand my business but i'm not sure if i have the money and i know of people who have expanded and gone broke so she's talking about business expansion you know can you provide any tips on how to expand my business and preserve cash flow without going broke that's a big question um, yeah and um I, I would ask well um what do you mean to expand? Do you want to get more customers or do you simply want to get higher sales? Because they are mutually exclusive. You can get higher sales without necessarily getting more customers. And uh, what, what that means is that will all of your current customers buying everything that you sell or they're only buying one or two things where you're providing probably 10. So okay. You've got to make that discerning um uh, distinction before you go out and say, well, look, I'm going to grow my business. Well, okay, you can grow your revenue without having to get more customers. And if you think about it, it's much more efficient in your business to sell more things to the same customers uh, than to just go out and find more customers. Agreed. So that's the first yep. thing I'd ask her. And then I would say, make the mistakes on paper first. So, okay, what is your revenue target that you're looking for in the coming 12 months? And let's say it's a half a million dollars this year. Are you targeting twice as much or are you targeting maybe just a hundred thousand? And then once you know that, you say, well, how do I get that extra hundred thousand from the same customers or from new customers? And then what's the cost of doing that? And do I have to increase my overhead as a consequence of making more sales, I might need a bigger office or a bigger warehouse or okay. something like that. Yeah. And what's your take on, uh, and once again, this is an individual thing. Um, I don't hold stock, but businesses that hold stock, um, is, is there, a, there's obviously a lot of um, money tied up in inventory, yeah? Oh, absolutely, and that's one of those. Uh, it's, it's what we refer to as part of your working capital. Yep. So your bank account, your debtors, your inventory, and your creditors are working capital, and that's where money gets tied up. And we refer to it as the working capital cycle. And we can measure how long it takes for a dollar to go into the working capital cycle, go right through the cycle, and come back into your bank account. Okay. Once you're able to measure that, you can track that as a what we call a, a key performance indicator for cash flow, KPI. Yep. And um, some of the tools that we provide in the uh, other enterprise uh, I operate called the Advisor Institute, uh, we teach accountants how to demonstrate that to their clients. Okay. So, alrighty. So, um, what else do we have now? You do. Um, the Global Business Mentoring, you have got something special for our listeners out there if they'd like to take you up on this? Yeah, I do, Eddie. Um, let me see, what did I promise I would do? Um, I promised that uh, if somebody wanted it, they could get the, um, the download of um, the content from um, the mentoring program related to managing cash flow. Yep. And so they can review some of the points I made today and pick up on a few of the others. Uh-huh. Or if you'd like to uh, get face to face and get a bit of a few real truths um, yep. from me about your business, <laughs> uh, 
if you put your hand up, um, you can uh, complete a, a business diagnostic and I'll debrief that with you, which takes about an hour. We'll do it online using Skype or Zoom, one of those sort of programs. Normally, this is a $497 uh, offer, but for anybody who would like to do that, it'll be 97 plus the GST. Okay, well, thanks for that, buddy. Now, listen, I'm going to quick quiz you even further. I'm grilling you this morning. You've done that to me over the decades. So now it's my turn, mate. Okay, so uh, before we wind this up, um, in your global business mentoring um, folders or program, you know, uh, I'm looking at a thing called Four Ways to Grow Your Business. Now, can you tell me what those four ways are? I can. I can. Good work. Let's see. Go. (laughs) Okay. So we have to get uh, more customers, buying more often at higher prices and with additional products and service with each purchase. Okay, so increasing the average dollar sale? That's right. So if the average sale of your invoice, so get the last 20 invoices you issued, Yep. add up the total sales and divide it by 20, that'll give you your average and you'll know whether or not that feels about right. Yep. So what can you do to change that average? In other words, add on more services with each purchase. So okay. that's increasing the average value. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's gold star. That's, that's 10 out of 10 for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, so um, is there anything you'd like to add before we go, Kerry? Um, yeah, I'd like to uh, maybe uh, close my part today with um, uh, a, a few rhyming sentences um, that I put together for today's podcast. Oh, okay. And, and you tell me which one you like best. Okay. Uh, the first one is, a business with strong cash flow makes a business owner glow. Business with money in the bank is like a car with petrol in its tank. Making profit in a business is lots and lots of fun, but having cash in the bank is like having bullets in your gun. No, I like number two. Number two, business with money in the bank is like a car with petrol in its tank. Yep, it is. It's what runs our business. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Uh, mate, thank you so much for uh, sharing your expertise with us today on today's podcast. Oh, I'm not at all, Eddie. I think it was just a great fun. I, I love chatting to you. Oh, yeah, customers. well, that's good. We'll, we'll, podcast uh, I, I do owe you a cup of coffee somewhere along the line. Oh, yes. Just let me know and it'll be in my diary. Okay. Uh, and thanks so much, listeners. Um, now, you can find out more about Kerry and Global Business Mentoring at uh, globalbusinessmentoring.com. Is that right, Kerry? That's right. Yep. And don't forget, if you'd like to take Kerry up on his um, uh, managing cash flow from the mentoring program, which is, covers um, you know some of the stuff as well as more. It's more in depth than this, is it, mate? Um, you gave away a free diagnostic or something. Yeah, yep. diagnostic. Yeah, that yep. is to test how well you um, have control of your business, and then I'll give you my uh, feedback based on what you respond in that diagnostic. Okay, so real quick, I mean, <laughs> okay, uh, who is that? good for like any small business oh yeah like uh, it's a bit like going to the doctor for a health check it's like you should do it regularly because uh sometimes we just get blinded by the obvious and uh we 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 discard it but when somebody sits down and says well just explain that a little bit for me uh we can't always explain it as well as we thought we could 
Okay. And so the diagnostic is about finding those little things in your business based on what you respond and um, and then uh, talking them through. And uh, as you experience with the mentoring program, you just never know what questions I'm going to ask. No. <laughs> you think, uh, I've got this covered, but really, not really, you know. But, you know, I mean, I must admit I found it. I, you know, I've been writing copy a long time, but when it came to operating or growing a business, they're two different animals. Yeah, they are. You know, working in versus working on because yeah. the diagnostic is about working on. It'll be nothing to do with working in. Yeah. And listen, real quick, just because I've got another question, uh, is there a formula or what is the basic um, percentage, if you like, um, in regards to staff wages, should staff wages, you know, obviously we, uh, I earn an income each week, okay? Or yes. we earn. Bus- I hope so. Yes. Okay. Now, what percentage of my uh, of the business's income, if you like, should be devoted to wages? Is there a percentage amount to work to in regards to that? Uh, now, it will depend on your industry, Eddie. Yeah. Um, no good me comparing you to a cabinet making business. Makes no sense at all. That's true. Apples but, and apples. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So uh, your wages bill could be higher than most of the businesses because people deliver the outcomes. But when you go to a cabinet making business, you've got uh, big machinery and uh, tools right. and all sorts of things there. Okay. And so the wages component compared to their turnover as a percentage will be quite different from your business to theirs. That's why you need to talk to accountants and say, how's my wages compared to others in the industry? And they can easily get access to that information. All righty. Well, let's wind it up then, my friend. Oh, well, (laughs) I hope I've done the subject justice for you and your podcast listeners. Yes, you have, mate. Uh, Thanks again. Thanks to all our listeners out there. And don't forget, you can reach out to Kerry at globalbusinessmentoring.com. And um, uh, where can they email you at, Kerry, just out of curiosity? Uh, Just Kerry at globalbusinessmentoring.com. Okay. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, Have a great day. And uh, if you aren't following this podcast do yourself and your small business a favor and start following us today and stay tuned for more bye now see you kerry cheers mate thank you bye bye pleasure